This week's episode is sponsored by Current Jerker Designs. When you're a promoter of any kind, one main obstacle you face is, how do I get more attention for my business? With Current Jerker Designs, you get over 10 years of experience with their creative marketing services. Reach out to Derek Sharp at CurrentJerkerDesigns.com. Again, that's CurrentJerkerDesigns.com. Or you can email Derek directly to Derek at CurrentJerkerDesigns.com. Thanks for listening to this episode of Two Years in a Face Wrestling Podcast. Uh, on today's episode, I'd like to encourage you uh, to go listen back to where we talked to a new up and coming tag team called Pick and Pop. They're wrestling for freelance wrestling, freelance underground. Um, and the reason why I say that is because the man who is joining me today was his team or his faction, so to speak, his, his, his mates were mentioned on that podcast. Um, I think it's been a long time coming. Uh, first, let me say that it, this is a solo episode. It's just Charlie today. Chris is dealing with some work stuff. And uh, we, if you, if you've been following us for, since we've been doing this 2016, 2017, um, you know how many freelance shows we've been to. You've probably listened to our show previews, show recaps. And there is a person, and we've had a, a, every name that you can think of regarding freelance, like a Kylie Ray and Isaiah Velasquez, a GPA, et cetera, et cetera. We've had all those people on this podcast. I think it's, uh, I'm embarrassed to say that we have not reached out to this man before because, and I, I'll, I think we'll get into this conversation, but I think the Darren, a uh, Darren Corbin does belong in that same conversation. So we will get into that. But first I'd like to, in terms of freelance, I know Darren Corbin has a whole body of work, Minnesota, other places. I am not, I'm not privy to a lot of that, but in terms of the freelance wrestling at the Logan square auditorium, this man has created moments. So I'd like to welcome to, um, to Two Heels in a Face, Darren Corbin. Darren, thank you for coming on. Absolutely. I'm glad that uh, we were able to make this work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, again, like I, I generally see some of the stuff where a lot of the freelance faithful, like you said, have come through. Uh, I look forward to kind of giving my take on freelance and uh, my yeah. years that I've been there. Yeah, I think our conversation's overdue. And I think that's my fault. And I kind of want to get in, in, into that as well. Like those names... I mentioned can seem at times, and maybe it's just a local thing, but it can seem at times a little bit more top of mind. But I think your re- your freelance resume does very, hold very strong. It does speak for itself. Um, I have some opening questions that we can get into. That it's not going to be too much like uh, you know where you were trained and things like that. We're gonna <laughs> you probably talked about that a little bit, so I'm going to try to stay a little bit more unique there. First of all, just just how how have you how have you been doing? since like wrestling's kind of gotten back in the full swing. I think like the promotions that we cover now, it's it's back to every month. It's like Warriors, Zello, Freelance Wrestling, Freelance Underground, et cetera, every month. So like, have you gotten back into that groove fully? Uh, Yeah, a little bit. Like, it's just odd. Um, And the reason I say that is because, as you know, like a lot of stuff did cancel in January again. And I think the weirdest part of this whole thing is mm-hmm. – a, if you would have told me that, like for a year, uh, in my personal experience, 
if a year I would not have a match because of just all things considered, I would have been like, well, that's wild. Like if you're like uh, March 7th was my, like my last match of 2020. And then okay. the next one after that was April of 2021. And if you were like, Shit. yeah, you're not going to have a match for a year. And this is coming from a guy who's only missed like two months at a time, like due to injury. So okay. that was crazy but then like january happened and then like things canceled again it's like oh man i guess we're not out of all this Mm -hmm. so there's been like a little bit i would say a mind shift in me where my mindset is like i want to keep busy but i learned to utilize time off a little bit better because i had so many weekends off that were normally compared to wrestling so uh i've found a balance pretty well now where it's like a weekend off isn't like the end of the world anymore right uh, so yes uh and we'll i think we'll touch on uh just your full your full body work because i think you have been doing this for a pretty long time and th- there's a lot of respect i think that comes with that um but i know i noticed that you or i, I listened to uh, did a little bit of research and noticed that you had ta- been taking up running are you still running a lot as, as much as you did like i think you started that right when the pandemic started right yeah, um, it was. I stepped on the scale and was like at the heaviest I ever was. <laughs> I was like, oh no. And then when I was trying to get back in shape, they were like talking about shutting down the gym. And uh, it's hilarious. Like, I used to always joke, I was like, if you added up all the miles that I ran, it probably wouldn't even add up to like the mile run, you know, in high school. <laughs> it's kind of like right. the joke I made. But um, it was one thing where you couldn't, like, you couldn't stop me from doing it. And it was the one thing like when I was at the gym and if I did try to do cardio, I always like would break a sweat. So I was like, all right, if the gym's going to shut down, I'm going to find a way. Right. So I went and I spent like $200 on like thermal because Minnesota, sure. and I started running in the winter. That was the thing. I started like running pretty consistently in November of 2020. Luckily it was a mild winter. Right. But I figured if I spent all that money, I would actually like use it. And, um, people always joke about it and they ask me about it. And I, um, I always think back to the first time, like standing in my driveway and being like, well, you got to start somewhere. And like, you know, knowing what my like app tracker was, like what my pace was and just being like, well, you got two miles and you know, that's, that's good. And then like, I kind of started making it like a game and trying to beat it. Sure. And then when it started getting nice, I really just enjoyed being outside. And yeah. uh, it definitely impacted big time when I came back for wrestling. Like I've definitely noticed a lot of changes there. There you go. I'm glad you, you've you been able to to keep that sustained, sustained success. I think I've, I got, I just got about two miles in me. That's all I do at a time. So Run to this one. That's that's where that's where I think I'll I'll be for a bit. Um, But speaking of uh, like continued sustained success, success, you've been doing this for seventeen or eighteen years. Is that correct? I always so I'm conflicted. Okay, like I I, you know it's like okay so I started in '04. Yes, but I had to take like the year due to pandemic and like. Like, do I still count that or not? You know, like, so because like I used to always joke about guys who were like in the business for 20 years and they wrestle like once a year. And it's like, are you going to count that one or two <laughs> matches? So I was always like skeptical. So I was like, I guess technically it will be, it's actually April 11th 
of 04 as my first match. Right. So I've been uh, involved or in the mindset of wrestling since 2004. Uh, so mm-hmm. you could say like 17 to 18 years is how long I've been doing it. So it's it has been a while. But, you know, maybe that's just me being hard on myself on counting that year or not. You know, <laughs> I'm not really sure if I should. I would count it. I mean, it wasn't due. We were forced yep. to not wrestle. You're building your brand. You're working out. Those are all preparation things you do. Yeah. Uh, so I would count it. But I wanted to ask because I, I think that when so in my mind, right, who is Darren Corbin in my head? I get it back into I for me born in 80 around you running 89 growing uh experience the attitude era and that's when i really got into wrestling it fell off in 2002 ish 2002 2003 went into high school went to college didn't really watch and then i got back into it when sting returned and knew a survivor series mm. so speaking of sting he's my favorite wrestler i think we might talk about that later um but then i got i figure out there's this whole indie scene so I was like a little bit late to the game and maybe a little bit like you had done so much already then. So in my mind, my for, uh, initial impressions of Darren Corbin are like some of your early stuff at freelance, some of your freelance mm-hmm. old Logan Square Auditorium stuff. And then I realized like you've done so much more before then. Uh, so my, I, like to me, that's great. That's cool and crazy to think about like the sustained, sustained success. I can't say those words together. But what do you contribute to that? Like, and you said you haven't taken a ton of time off. Like, how, how have you been able to do so much and do it for so long? Um, I was told a long time ago, one of the best pieces of advice that I ever got was from uh, Jerry Lynn. Uh, Jerry Lynn told me a long time ago that longevity is your best friend. Because A, you get more opportunities to make money, you get more opportunities to be around, but you don't know what's around the corner. You know, because like, if you think mm-hmm. about it, like when I started in 04, you have just really WWE Ring of Honors still new. Okay. There's no plans of like an AEW for over a decade, you know? Yeah. So like, it's crazy. Um, a big part of it was the style that I wrestled. Okay. Uh, I do. I did a lot of comedy early. Um, you know, I didn't really do too much high risk stuff comparatively. I didn't do a lot of strong style stuff when it was like big. So I wasn't really getting dropped on my head a lot. Um, okay. I wasn't really getting like, you know, massively like knocked out form. But um, in high school, I was a diver. Uh, so I was on the swim team. I was a diver. But when I got to wrestling, like I was kind of around the same time that like Ricochet, Seidel, guys like that were on the indies. And right they can do way cooler flips than I could. So I, I went a whole different direction. And yeah, the only two times I missed uh, were <laughs> I came down wrong on my knee. I missed two months, uh, okay. kind of like stretched out for, uh, didn't tear, but blew out is what they said. They were like, you strained everything. Okay. And then I broke my collarbone. Um, oh shit. But luckily they were like, you broke it in the middle and not all the way through. So it will heal. You just have to take time off. And so I, you know, they were like, you pick one of the easiest bones to break. So (laughs) yeah, I guess considering myself lucky, but like, I always kind of learned to adapt. And like, my thing is, is I'm more character driven than I am. Like, sure. uh, The typical, like indie back and forth style, you know, and that's what appeals to me. And I think that's what 
Because even now, I'm getting ready to turn 38, and I feel great. Uh, I actually, I said this when I was, I don't know, I said this when I was 34, but I felt like I was in better shape at 34 than I was at 24. And now at 38, I feel like I'm in better shape now too. So like, I just, I don't really have like a expiration on anything. Right. Yet. I just, I'm just going to keep going. Cause I said, as long as my body can take it and I'm having fun and I'll just keep adapting. And that was my plan. Nice. Did the comedic timing come easy? Would you could like, Hey, were you naturally a kind of funny person or is that something you had to learn? Like when to what, how to be funny in the ring, when to what, like the timing of it, when to do it, et cetera. Um, like somebody, this was brought up to me even before I kind of realized it, but, um, I, you know, it's funny if I were like, yeah, I think, uh, I always thought comedy was a strong point of mine or humor was a strong point of mine, but you know, the thing is, is when you try and tell somebody you're funny, they try and prove you're not. <laughs> I think it's always kind of like, you know, like make me sure. laugh type deal. Like if you go oh, to open yeah, bike yeah. night and somebody's like, you're really, you know, they're like, all right, make me laugh. You know, like whatever. Um, I was always told that wrestling in the sense of if you're going to be a comedy guy or do comedy things, being comedic is unexpected. Uh, you don't go and tell them that you're going to have the comedy match. You intertwine it in pleasantly and when people are like oh okay. this is entertaining the stuff they do is entertaining but you don't tell them like this is going to be the comedic match because then they're like all right impress me then Make yeah me laugh yeah uh but i always felt like it's better when it's kind of out of nowhere or out of a you know out of a genre that you don't expect which i think is the fun part about wrestling okay but um i thought i was always creative and i thought that I had a couple guys that I had watched and more people were looking to be serious than actually be comedic. So I just put my own little twist on things. And uh, over the course of that time, like I was able to pick things up and like develop them and then learn from other people who did it to see where the timing comes. And it, it became like a whole new world, like a whole different style of wrestling. Yeah. So you, yeah, when most are zagging, you, you zigged, I guess. Uh, I think you probably saw the opportunity to be different. Yep. Um, in that sense. And then people will remember you. Um, so like I said, I talked about like my first impression of you and I think Chris would, would say, uh, say the same. Um, but then we like, we knew you as Darren Corbin from the, uh, at freelance at the Logan square auditorium. And then we would see <laughs> circulating, uh, online was like old DVD covers, old show posters of your time at AEW, like wearing a hockey jersey. So I got to know what your time was like there. Like, I'm assuming that was probably maybe when you were like closer to the age of 20 or around there. Like, early 20, I, don't, I don't know. Like, how, when was your time there and how was your time there? I believe it was uh, 2007 to 2013. Okay. That was the main. Um, so the deal was, uh, I was wrestling for IWA Mid-South and between Mid-South and AAW at the time, I don't know if it was like, there was a little bit of like, there was a little bit of heat animosity. Sure. And I think for AAW to be able to steal Canon and the North Star Express away, it just happened at a perfect storm. Like the timing of it happened where they were looking for something new. We were something new and it was a, I, I want to say like a big get, you know, like that was the deal. Okay. So the, de the demand for us, we had already been in mid low. We had already done some stuff. So 
we were known in Chicago area or at least around the suburbs. So coming to AAW, the deal was, is I was, it, it pretty much gave us stability. Let's go with that. Like the thing that was pitched to me is we have shows every month. We want you guys to be here. Uh, this is the plan. This is what we do. And so we knew that all three of us could ride together, come down, do the shows and be set. Okay. And I was there for, uh, so the North star express was the tag team. Mm -hmm. So hence the North star hockey Jersey, the, the vintage Jersey for, right. um, Minnesota and Ryan and I were a team for a long time, you know, um, up until pretty much really until he stopped traveling extensively, um, probably like 2011 ish. And then I was teaming with Marion Fontaine for a little bit and I was with Fontaine. So I was mostly always in a tag role of some kind at AW. Okay. And I really truly feel like the deal was, is, I started to see like kind of a changing of the scene there. Mm -hmm. A lot of the guys that were uh, like either bigger at certain areas, I felt like Chicago uh, AAW specifically was able to pull um, West coast, East coast. If a match was popular there, they would bring that talent in and you could see that at AAW, you know, sure. so you could see like, for example, um, I think a good example of this would be, uh, Davy Richards and Michael Elgin at the time had like an, okay. uh, you know, like a five-star match or something at uh, PWG that match was done at AAW, you know? Okay. So like, that was what I noticed, but we've talked about my style already being comedy. And I was, I was abruptly cut out of the tag because Ryan stopped coming. So like, do you put me like what you were doing with me? Like I kind of got the, I, I kind of got just thrown. It was like, imagine suddenly you're in a team it's done and now you're on your own. So yeah. it was like, I was kind of struggling to find like my foothold at a W. Okay. And I could see like what the climate was slowly becoming, what the matches were starting to be. And uh, I was just kind of like, it came to a time where just like at IWA, uh, I felt it was time to move on and sure. it wasn't a good fit anymore for me. And, uh, that was the split. And then freelance started up slightly after it and freelance. Like the biggest thing is, is I don't know how public really a lot of it was, but freelance was an opportunity for the guys who were not getting anything other than pre-show matches in Chicago, a chance to kind of have their own thing. Mm -hmm. And what I saw was a lot of heart at freelance. And I saw a lot of guys that were hungry for it. And I wanted to be the same thing. When I talked to Jerry Lynn, I wanted to be a guy who helped those guys. Yeah. So my deal was, is I found a lot at freelance. That was like a place that I could go and actually be an asset. And I hadn't felt that way at AAW. So that was what led to me going that direction in Chicago. That's awesome. Yeah, actually, that was uh, uh, going to be one of my next questions is like, what does freelance wrestling mean to you? So it sounds like a little bit of that mentorship role, a lot of heart. Um, is there any, any, when you think of freelance wrestling, is there anything else that comes to mind? I always used to say like, specifically, I was always like freelance meant having heart. And, uh, I saw like a cool, I I've seen not only me, but I've seen a lot of people come through there with a the chance to kind of use it as like, uh, kind of a resurgence, you know, like a chance to like a second win. And one of the best compliments I ever got is I had a match. Um, uh, it might've been with Isaiah's. But after that match, a couple people came up to me and were like, 
dang, we really got like workhorse Corbin out here tonight. Like <laughs> they were like, we haven't seen you go like and do that stuff for years. And like, I told him, I was like, I haven't been given that opportunity to do that stuff right. for years. So like, it was a really cool compliment for people to be like, holy cow, he's still willing to go for this company. Yeah. You need, right. It's a, so to be given that you need the time, right. You need the like placement on the car and you need the guidance from the phone over like, Hey, this is going to be like, get like, use all your stuff in here. Right. Is so that- not to like kind of do the contrast, but like my difference in the years is I remember there was a time at the end of my run at AEW, I was in like an eight man tag and we were, were given eight minutes and like it kind of fell apart at one point. And I remember looking at it and seeing how it was set up and, and being like, why, you know, like a lot of it fell back on me because I had been at AEW for so long. And the comment was made like, why didn't you pull that together or control it? And I was like, what did, I mean, like you clearly just threw eight guys together for this match. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you expect me to do in that time? But then at freelance, it was, uh, Look, so-and-so has been really big here. One of our top popular guys. You have them next month. You know, so like you have the spotlight. You have the ball. Let's see how far we can get Corbin to go with that. That was the difference what I was given and what I felt. So I wanted to reward that. So I had somebody who was like, let's see what you can do. Let's see what you can do here. Let's have fun with it. And that inspired me to keep putting out the matches that I was doing. Yeah. Um, so I tweeted earlier, um, the, and I sent, I, I sent out a YouTube video. This is like, not, not, I didn't tag you on it. So you might not have seen it, but, uh, it was the, probably your most famous moment at freelance. So it was the pipe bomb promo, right? Um, I rewatched it back. <laughs> so there's two parts in that, that really, that still got me. Like I was sitting here making this agenda and I still, I still laughed during it. Um, <laughs> but the, I want to talk about that. So that was, uh, so it's January uh, 16, 2018, I think, or like around January, 2018 ish uh, is when that happened. So um, for context here, I think for, for like the listeners um, there, uh, Shug D, I think was a champ at the time. Correct me if I'm wrong. Shug D was a champ at the time. He did not make the date and now there, so I won't get into why he, he didn't make it or anything like that, but he did not make the date. So uh, I think maybe you, were you scheduled to wrestle him? It's supposed to be a championship match. It was supposed right. to be me and him. And then, so Corbin went out uh, to the ring and I, that's what I want to talk about. Like, so it, the promo was hot, like, what did you got? And you don't have to, reveal all the secrets or give, give me as much as behind the curtain as you want, I guess. Don't say anything that would get you in trouble or that someone would want to hear. Uh, but like, what was the plan? Was it just like, okay, if he's not going to be here, I'm just going to do this. And then going into it, how much of it was like thought up before how much of, I know some of it was off the top of your head, but how much, how much of it was off the top of your head? What was like your mindset going into it? Uh, so the funny thing was, okay. So when I, so I started at freelance yeah, and I was kind of off and on, I would say like semi-regular um, okay. you in that time, uh, 2017 rolls around. And at the end of 2016, I, uh, a promotion I was wrestling for very consistently 
shutdown and a promotion that I probably had my most exposure out of, which was Paragon, they stopped running as well. So I lost two major promotions that have kept me really busy for sure. the past at least two years. So the deal was, is I, I met with uh, one of the guys who at the time was in charge uh, with freelance. And I said, look, here's what I want to do. And I will always respect this to this day. I said, I want to be here all the time. This is a place that makes me feel like I could be an asset. Either I said, either tell me that this is what I want. This is what I want to do. If you're down, absolutely. But if not, you can tell me to fuck off and I'll never bother you again. Okay. That was my pitch. <laughs> and without, without hesitation, basically it was, yep, no, we can do that. So that was actually a conversation. I know I don't know how much he he cares if I do it, but that was my conversation with Matt Nix. Okay, that was to start coming to freelance on a more regular basis. Um, but at the time, one of the guys that he was working with, you know, I was like, "Looks like I'm going to be a regular here." And he goes, "So what do we do to get you over?" And I kind of I wasn't like offended, but I kind of was like, "For real?" And he's like, yeah, what do you, what do we do? And I was like, give me a microphone for five fucking minutes. I'll get yeah. myself over. And so then we started like, uh, initially what happened is it started a, a heel turn and that's what I did there. So okay. like it, it started a whole new concept, a whole new, cause I was trying to do like half and half of the morality character is what I was trying to do. So, uh, that was a St. Louis thing. We tried to bring it to Chicago. Didn't work as well. So then this flipped the switch. Now, the thing about freelance, uh, this particular show, is I'm supposed to wrestle Sugar for the belt. Um, Sugar wins the championship the previous month. Mm -hmm. And then I believe it was that week that, we f uh, that they found out he wouldn't be there. Um, and in February, he was in England. So he had uh, an opportunity. So he, we knew he was going to be gone for the next two months. Sure. Um, because of the, the fact that this was the advertised championship match and it was so short notice, they were like, I don't know what we're going to do. And I said, do you care if I get the microphone and I do, I try and hype it up in the time that he's gone. That yeah. was originally the only thing that I had my goal on. And there was a part of me that like, as I was thinking in that week, I kind of was like, how funny would it be if I, because I thought I would get people really pissed. I thought it would be hilarious to do the punk promo, but just replace John with sugar and just tweak it just enough. And I wanted people to be like, I can't believe he's ripping off CM Punk. And like, as if I don't know what I'm right. Doing. I like, think that was kind of the reaction, right? Weren't people saying that initially? Uh, there was a, so like, if you liked it, you were kind of like, oh, he did an homage. Yeah. If okay. you hated it, you were like, he's just ripping off punk. Sure. And as if I didn't know or was, so like, I'll be honest, I was listening to like what he said. I listened to the promo a lot on the way down to Chicago. And I was like, right. how can I like flip this a little bit? But what happened is, is during the promo, while I had like kind of the, his promo going through my head. I don't really, I just was kind of like, I guess I know bullet points, but I just didn't really know um, how to keep it all together. So I had like ideas 
yeah. and I don't like I don't like to script things. I don't like to really do like plan word for word because then it doesn't feel natural. And in this case, there was no way I would have been able to do it. Um, but then obviously, as you know, at the end of the promo, there's the one fan who's just like constantly heckling me, and I just <laughs> turned it and then the, like switched it. So like I went off on him. And like the funny thing is, is normally, normally my mouth will get me in trouble a lot of times. Like I'll say something where I'm just like rambling off to da da da. So I was like, I'm kind of glad that I said stuff that was still slightly humorous, but like yeah. nothing that was like majorly offensive except for him. But I think when people saw that, they were like, oh, he does have a really quick wit and he does have a really yes. like, fast on it. He's really able to think on his feet. So, um, yeah. So after all that was said and done, like I got back to the locker room and a lot of people were like, that was really good. Like, mm -hmm. and some people were like, you kind of hit a lot of things on the head. And now, honestly, it wasn't really my intention. My intention was I want people to remember that when sugar's back, I'm still number one contender. Yeah, but I just thought it would be funny. Punk in Chicago, me doing the cross. And then when I saw people get upset about it, I was like, ha, perfect. And I'm not yeah. one to shy away from that. So, so yeah, so all those things considered made for such short notice. Uh, some of the best ideas I've ever come up with have been on the fly. Yeah. And that's always, or like having to switch it super quick. But it, I I, w I think it was so well done that people in the middle of it started to appreciate it mm -hmm. and like started cheering for you in the middle of it. Cause you were just, you, it was just one of those moments where you were speaking truths. And mm -hmm. I think that's some of the truths people kind of piled on. Cause some of those truths might have irritated people in the past. And yep. then they're like, Oh, okay. Yeah, this is, I've been wanting to say this, but I haven't because I don't want to cause a rift in the, in the locker room. And then, uh, and then, yes, then Jeremy, rightfully so. I love Jeremy. Um, he was he he was heckling you, and you were trying to speak. So then you went off on him, which I thought it was it, it was just hilarious how you kept. You were just like, all right, screw it. And then you just <laughs> you just like, I'm just gonna try to tear into this guy. And they just started rolling. And then you were able to like, I thought it was gonna fall off. You were able to catch it, and then like. Yeah. The entire I, I crowd. Thought, yeah. I the, thought I was going to derail it numerous <laughs> times. The entire crowd. So the, at the end of it, the crowd loved it, loved you. Mm -hmm. um, was it, uh, to me, it felt like that propelled you to actually beat Shug. I don't, and I don't know if that's, that's a question I'll have to ask Matt next one day. Um, but like, I don't know. Did, did you feel that way too? Like they got, you did so well at that moment. That like two months later, three months later, you actually won the title. I honestly don't remember what the plan originally was for January, to be okay. honest with you. I, I don't remember. Um, but yeah, I truly think my idea is I think there's two moments that solidified me as a mainstay at freelance. And that was one of them. And the biggest thing is, is like I like I said, I had gone from there was a couple things that led into it as well. And, you know, like. The first part was I had literally lost my two most profitable bookings and yeah. I really felt like I had nothing to lose. Cause like, sure. What else? Um, and then there was a thing where there was stuff going around or like, I would see promos and I would see stuff. And I was like, why are we like 
sugarcoating certain things or being so cliche. Like people would cut things on me and it was like so generic. And mm-hmm. in my mind, I was like, why is this a, why? this doesn't make sense. Like, yeah. how are you supposed to get excited about something when like you could take insert person a, and it's the same exact, uh, problem. it's not personalized, right? No. So yeah. I was like, I don't think, I think there's certain things that really like bring people in. And I think it's foolish in a world of social media when people put things out there in a public eye to pretend like it doesn't exist in the world of pro wrestling. Because I feel that that wrestling encompasses everything now. Social media is part of who you are and what you do. So in my head, I was like, if you're going to put this out there and I'm not going to pretend like, for example, uh, you do an injury angle at a promotion, but next week you're wrestling another state over. I'm not going to pretend like that doesn't exist. Like right. you're fine one place, but you're injured here. I used to get suspended for like, I would have to miss a show uh, one month. I would do something so heinous and get suspended. But like, if you looked at my schedule, you already knew on my schedule I was doing this show. Like, clearly, I was going to be there anyway. You sure. know, so like it's all part of the same like gimmick on our same exactly. Like, so yeah. it was stuff like that where I started shifting my mindset, and like, I guess part of my thing was if I say the wrong thing, and that prevents you from wanting to use me. Okay, okay, that's fine. I was never there anyway. But I truly, truly believe that, like, if you even, I mean, like, in a sense of professionalism, if we do whatever and, hey, maybe it hits a nerve or strikes a chord, but we can make some money out of it, we can make some money out of it. And isn't that the ultimate goal? Like, that's what I always thought. I never really tried to put my, like, pride too far ahead of, like, yo, you say something and you want to see it, like, that makes it worth it, you know? So mm-hmm. like that was always my goal was the talk them into the building. Yeah, no, I, I, that was a hundred percent done. Uh, I can attest to that. Um, it's funny too. Cause the, uh, <laughs> the feud that you had ongoing with this fan, Jeremy almost cu- culminated in um, this is a show I watched remotely and I wasn't there, but it, you had been so, so good at freelance and almost like you gained loyalty within that group. And this is to the point where you res- were wrestling Nick Gage in Chicago, different venue. But like, I was rooting for you in that match. To me, you were the baby face of that match because you were a freelance Chicago guy, even to the point where like you had, I think you knocked up with, gave him the knocks, Jeremy. Yeah. And like called it a truce that, <laughs> that show. So I think I think if you don't cut that promo and you don't do so well, you don't say, hey, I have nothing to, to lose. It, I think that culminated in like, OK, I'm, now I, I love this guy and I want him to actually beat Nick Gage. Nothing against Nick Gage. He's amazing. But like Corbin felt like a freelance guy now at that moment. Yeah. And it's funny how that that was like a little bit of an arc there. I feel like it was like Brett in Canada. Like it was like a weird, (laughs) all the freelance fans going against all the GCW fans. But that match with Nick is actually one of my favorite matches. And the only thing I kind of wish, I wish it would have been at Logan square. Yeah. I, I think that would have been the atmosphere at Logan square. I think would have been pretty wild. 
it's that yeah that i think you've for for me personally logan and the berwin berwin eagles club has like a classy almost scummy charm that like you can't replicate when there's like it's like packed to the gills in there i love that venue but then logan i think is right there one a one b in terms of when the that crowd is 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 raucous and it's like not super packed but it's the right amount of people i think that those are some of the best venues probably in indie venues in chicago logan square is one of my favorite spots to wrestle has always been because i've done numerous shows there for different promotions but i always love logan square i just think that there's something about that building when you transform it with the lighting that it looks awesome i always dig it yeah it's kind of yeah so it's like almost old architecture almost like old lighting and things like that um it's it's funny because i I think you've you've been very valuable for freelance and now uh going from the main scene winning the belt congrats on that then you losing it to isaiah and then you transition more a little bit more into the tag stuff but you still had like um your feud with kenny sutra i don't think i thought that was like a very underrated feud can you talk about like the process there, what you tried to do with that, et cetera. It was like, I think you got, maybe you and Take It Home Records versus Four Star Heroes, but like specifically you and Kenny. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the interesting thing about that is right after or shortly after, um, you know, it's always a weird thing. Like you have your championship run and then you, you're done. Like, do you stay in the picture? What do you do? And I'm always right. kind of looking for the next new thing to be like valuable on there. But a long time ago, like Bucky and Mikey had come through uh, in the same boat as I had every occasion now here and then, you know, like right. maybe once every four months, um, Bucky ended up reaching out to me and Bucky reached out about the idea of a faction, like introducing. And I thought about like what I had said in promos and where I was when I started. Mm-hmm. And I thought it would be kind of this cool, like gimmick. If I was able to like give back, and bring in other like outsiders under my wing mm-hmm. who were looking who had been overlooked in Chicago and were coming in. So that's how the Take It Home Records started. That's how that came to be. And I thought it was a good idea because like a lot of the shows were so packed already that I thought if we could do trios matches all the time, it would always be something different than the show True. had. Then Mikey ended up getting hurt, and yeah. it was kind of a you know, I don't really like the idea of throwing things together and just being like a match for the sake of, oh, now they're together or whatever. Sure. But originally the plan was with Four Star Heroes and the originals, I kind of wanted to have it where Kenny Sutra was the neglected member of, you know, you had like Alex Olson who was and Castro and like Craig Mitchell and they were all getting opportunities, but Kenny wasn't. Right. So what I wanted to it appear is, Kenny gets put with the taken home records because what we believe in is what Kenny's going to believe in. And we're going to take one of freelance's own and turn it against the whole establishment. Sure. So rather than just having a guy fill in for Mikey, but the funny part is, is we had enough for when Mikey came back that in the scheme of things where like blow offs would fall or shows would fall the timing and then also knowing what the pandemic was going to bring, the timing was actually perfect from the time of Mikey comes back to the turn. Mm-hmm. Then when they actually get their comeuppance, 
and then the feud ends. And then right before the pandemic happens, the Taken Home Records get the tag belts. You know, like it was perfect timing. <laughs> but I always want everyone to feel like they get elevated out of uh-huh. everything. That's what we should do. And I wanted it to be like, hey, when this is, you know, like I didn't want it to be just one match. Um, and actually the funny thing is, is, you know, I've never wanted to like attest to this, but Kenny and I had a singles and we were both sick as a dog, like for this singles match. Like I was the sickest I had ever like in, in two years. Like I felt shitty that entire week. And I was like autopilot. And he had like some stomach virus Oh shit. and he had like a fever and a stomach virus. And I was just like, all right, let's get through the, this one. <laughs> like, you know, like in my mind, I was like, it's going to a feud. I'll feel better next month. You know, I was right. like, I mean, I was run down. And like some people were like, do you think you had COVID? Like, did you think you got it before? Like people knew? And I was like, I'm not one to speculate, but all I know is I was sick. Okay. And like, so the idea like of that match and what we did being able to be fine was good. But my hope was the taken home records would go off to do other things, showing what we did. Kenny would continue to show what he did. And like, I think with the pandemic, he just hasn't been around as much, sure. but like taking home records, got the tag belts out of it. But like that feud, I definitely thought we had some fun matches in there. Yeah. You know? And again, like the intertwining, I thought that street fight with the four star heroes and everything was great. I thought that was good. Yeah. I think it was a really underrated feud at the time. I think there might've been some stuff going on at the top of the car, but I was like, even on our re- show recaps, we were like, we had, we're, we made sure to talk about that. Um, the the name Taken Home Records, right, inspired by Freelance's Home, right? You know, you twisted yep. that around. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. So like Freelance's Home, and then we were gonna make it our home. So we were like, I can't remember exactly. We were actually we talked about it like I think it was last month. We were like, how did it come in? <laughs> and I can't remember if it was like a pun, but it was based on that. It was based on the Freelance's Home. And we were like, I don't remember if maybe it was one of the deals with streaming and making sure that we don't go over on the stream for IWTV. So we're like, take it home and we were going to wreck the, you know, and then Minnesota home wrecking crew and like, you know, like stuff like that. Like, you know, there, cause that was like, uh, so it just became like this weird combination, but we're like, it's one of those names that when you say it more, it like works. But then when you have to stop and think about it, you're like, that is a real weird name. And I'm a huge fan of like, odd names for factions so like it just stuck i was super stoked by it so i'm glad that it it worked yeah no it's synonymous now i think probably i i think yeah maybe shorten it to like home wreckers or something like that but then it's almost that almost has like a bad connotation too if you're home wrecker you don't want to be yeah because i think the take it home part is just (laughs) sparky enough you know so like i think that's where the appeal comes in yeah um so i wanted to ask about that other stuff because i feel like to me and this is this you could take this as me kissing your ass whatever that's fine but i feel like to me like no matter where you are in the card you're you have meaningful feuds you have feuds with story um and you can go from main eventing to having a title run then to back into the tag scene and i feel like they're like everything you do has substance um we put out a tweet not uh, maybe a month ago and i want to actually if i can get to it i want to write an article on this but um uh, the tweet was if so far, who would you say would be in your freelance hall of fame? So the 
the the answers that were coming right so we had a lot of people chiming on this the answers that were coming in were obviously kylie of course Mm well-deserving everyone that was said was well-deserving kylie your isaiah your gpa those were probably the three most popular and then to me i was like i feel like there's people missing like i feel like in all you ethan page for sure and then like Mm -hmm. to me i was like what in my head i was like like no like what about darren corbin like like you talk about consistency and you talk about meaningfulness over like the time where I feel like freelance really got to the point where they were packing the building. Um, you were a huge role player in that. And I think it was back. We had someone on whose name I won't say, cause he wanted to keep it private, but uh, involved in freelance. And we asked him and uh, he, you were on his list. Hmm. So, uh, and I'm not saying like to, um, I don't want you to uh, uh, be braggadocious anyway. So I'm not going to direct that question to you, but uh, to me, you would be in in the freelance wrestling hall of fame if there were to be one. Uh, if you because you were maybe a name that came sooner, but you've had a really really good resume. Do you feel like at freelance sometimes you're overlooked? Um, I you know honestly at freelance I I don't have the I think overlooked not really okay, but I think. Um, I take it as a compliment that I can still surprise people. Yeah. I think is the best way. I truly believe that if coming out of the, in the end of 2022, you could put me in a feud for the, the champ for the main, you know, any championship and I would still deliver. Yeah. And I agree. the funny thing is, is I love the fact, this is something that I've always appreciated or always tried to focus on and always try and be me on. But if I can go in there and I can play my range of characters and you're like, he's good in everything he does. That's my goal. And I can flip a switch. And right now I truly believe that freelance needs uh, what Bucky and I bring to that tag division. And if a strong tag division comes out of freelance as with us as the core, I'm going to feel like we've accomplished something. We're bringing something better to freelance that it might've been lacking before. Um, When I was champion, like that was the thing, like someday down the road, I will be given a microphone again Mm -hmm. to say something, say my piece and I'll put myself back where I need to go. And there's a couple of matches that have yet to either have, have happened or rematches that have yet to have happened. But I, I never feel really like overlooked because I'm always feeling that I'm building something. Like, I don't feel like I'm in a lot of throwaway matches. Um, I always used to joke, like the scramble was always like a throwaway. And then I got so upset when freelance got the scramble over where people were excited to see the holy <laughs> shit scramble. It's like, this is a match that you put the guys in who ride with everybody. And they're like, I forgot you were coming. And then at freelance, everyone's like, scramble. I was like, stop. Cause then it's like, ah, this is what I'm doing tonight. You know? But otherwise, like the thing is, is I've always felt that I enjoy the challenge of, I appreciated a lot of, I guess, undercard guys. And mm-hmm. there were certain things when I was watching the attitude era, when I was watching WCW, even ECW, that sometimes the championship matches were not the thing that I was intrigued about. It was always these undercard feuds that I thought carried shows. And I was a big fan of like intercontinental title matches, U S title matches, 
because I felt there was more freedom to build off of those. Yeah. And I am totally fine feeling fulfilled, filling a role that I always looked at companies and said, what do they not have? Do they not have this role? Do they not have this? Do they not have somebody for the tag? And if I can add to that, I absolutely love it. But I do think, not in a bad way, but I think sometimes people forget what I'm capable of. But the best compliment is, is when they're like, holy cow, I forgot that Corbin, like he can do that. And it's like, yep, and I'll prove you wrong again. Yeah, that was very well said. I think, yeah, I think you can always turn that on if you need to. But speaking of building a, a tag division, it is it is you guys. And then there are some very young teams. One of those teams has been talking a lot of shit lately. Okay. Um, we, we had, um, if you're listening to this, we probably, it was probably last week's episode. So you go back and listen to that, but it's a team. I bet Pick. I could guess who it is. <laughs> uh, you guys were mentioned a couple times. Um, it was a team called pick and pop. Um, they, are they, so I know they stole, stole belts, right? Stealing is bad. We don't condone stealing. Are they even worth your time at this point? Do you feel like they're beneath you? Are they just an annoyance? What's your like j- j- impression of them right now and their antics? Well, you know, stealing's annoying. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Now, I will never here. I will never say this. I'm not. You have pick and pop, and then you also have the Bang Bros, and I will not say that they are beneath us in any way. That they're not worth our time because they have actually gotten our undivided attention with all sure. the stuff of stealing our belts. Now we have wrestled both the Bang Bros. We've wrestled pick and pop. The thing about pick and pop is I have this weird thing that they feel like that they can outsmart the taken home records. I think they want to be the most hated people in the tag division. And I think they want to be like the crafty, like, you know, they sneak attack, they steal our stuff. Yeah. But Guerrilla tactics. Exactly. When you combine myself, Bucky and Mikey, you got a long way to go with all that experience to kind of fit in. And I'm not saying that if you, I truly believe, and and I bet if they listen to this, they will agree, but they will not acknowledge it. But they look up to us because we paved the way for them to come in. I know both of them uh, look up to us. I know right now they're thinking, you know, he's probably right. And my words are true and they can't deny that. So in my head, um, I am not going to take anything away from what they do. And I've, I watched, I remember watching pick and pop versus the bang bros. I remember watching that crazy spine buster, double pickup spine buster. Mm-hmm. I remember thinking like these two teams are going to be real good someday, not two year title reign, take it home records. Good. Right. But someday they'll get there. So, you know, they can sit and talk all the shit they want. But the truth is they aren't the champions, no matter how much they claim to be with our championship belts. No, you make a lot of great points. I think in terms of experience, you definitely got them beat. Uh, that's probably why may they may have resorted to certain tactics. I think that's a little bit of pick and pop style. But, uh, yeah, I guess we'll have to see what happens. Hopefully that leads into something entertaining uh, for people like me. Um, there's one more question I got before we kind of get into the uh, the guilty pleasure stuff. Um, the uh, Side to Side by Ariana Grande. Every time I hear that song, you pop into my head. I don't know 
if that's good or bad but like why why did you use that song why why have you used that song i just need to know it's actually kind of funny so uh i'm thinking about i'm normally a pretty open book and i think she'll be okay with this but um so my ex-wife is actually oh, okay. still really I thought you really met Ar- Ariana by Shabuki. No, no, I, I mean, <laughs> if she if she's listening and wants to be my ex-wife, but no, um, my ex-wife, who's still a really good friend of mine, we're still really good friends, like best friends. Um, she was a bit she was a big fan of that song. And I I remember it was right around the time I was coming to start kind of a new leaf in freelance that's where i was like look give me the ball let me run with it let me do this that was yeah. the start of when i was being more full-time and they were like well what song do you want to use and i was like you know sometimes a change in music can always help and uh i thought about it and she was watching the stream for freelance and i was like hmm uh, so that was the song that she really liked and so i did it because i knew she would enjoy it Okay. So the funny thing was is she was at home watching the stream and like I remember her tweeting and being like, ah, he's coming to area. He goes to like, and then eventually it's just one of those things where it just sticks after so long. It just it's so stuck. It's so So, stuck. um, That was the origin of it. I needed something to change up a little bit. And I'm always in I have this thing where I'm like, if I can make something synonymous a song synonymous with me or whatever i love it and that yeah. just happened to work do you use that fun. elsewhere or no only freelance <laughs> only, freelance. <laughs> only freelance that's my freelance music. what is your what is your vibe and other like what is the entrance theme and other promotions the one i use consistently like if people are like what's your main theme it's called uh radar by the danger twins and the reason behind that is because that was the theme song of Paragon Pro Wrestling. That was okay. the entrance video. And okay. Paragon, I feel, is where I did some of my best storyline stuff. Sure. And where a lot of people got to know me. So I use Danger Twins as an homage to that. Like, it's a part of okay. my like, past. The main one where a lot of people who are very familiar with Wrestlepalooza and First Wrestling, I use a version of, it's actually just a one and a half times slowed down version of hello by Adele. And when I turned and ended the North star express, I wanted a song that wasn't wrestling. I didn't want like a rap song. I didn't want something that was like wrestling. And for some reason, I don't remember. I know I was in a Chili's uh, discussing (laughs) and I can't remember what we were trying to think of. And I don't remember why, but at the time, I just was not a fan of Adele myself. I think it was when Set Fire to the Rain came out. And I was like, it's probably overplayed on the radio or something. Yeah. Yeah. But Hello played. And I was like, I think it could work. So I jokingly like kind of was like, yeah, let's try this. Let's do Hello. I don't even like it. And then uh, my buddy modified the song, edited it, closed it down, and then played it. And I was like, oh, this is this is good (laughs) but the thing is is i only use it there and people will ask me they'll be like are you coming out to uh are you coming out to adele and i say no and part of it is i won't come out to it if i don't trust the sound people to play the right song i never (laughs) because that happens a lot more frequently in indie wrestling than you'd assume sure and then the other thing is is 
the way that I am there, like how I am at freelance is kind of different than other places. Okay. And so I say, if you want that version of Darren Corbin, I can do that, but I'm not going to just come out to it just for the sake of it. And so danger twins is normally the one I use. Okay. Freelance is specific with Ariana. So I should see Ariana Grande in my head when that song comes on and then I see you. So you're uh, welcome. Is that a net win or a net loss? I don't know. I mean, that that's a pretty <laughs> tall, uh, you know, like, I mean, I, if I, you know, cause that's tough. That's a, I mean, I'd probably be thinking about Ariana. <laughs> um, all right. I got a couple uh, things to wrap up here. Um, so are, I'm assuming you're a fan of Sting. Is that true? I am. Yeah. Is he your favorite of all time? Not favorite of all time. Okay. I was a little stinger though. I okay. think it was first or second grade. I actually dressed up as Sting for Halloween. Uh, I got to do <laughs> an in-ring promo with Sting not long ago. And that was super like surreal. How me. is he? Have you, did you get to meet him and stuff? Like, how is he? Just briefly right before he okay. was basically doing his thing where he goes out and says it's showtime. Uh, okay. I was in a faction. We interrupted. I interrupted sting. Uh, I was the champion at the time. And then he actually made the match right away to kick off the show. So he, it ended up being me and Eric cannon for this championship. It was that heavy on wrestling, Okay, but to be in the same ring and get to, do a back and forth with sting was pretty cool that's really cool uh yeah so yeah he's my favorite of all time um so i i was doing some research and i, I saw you mention him so mm-hmm. i feel like I, I had to comment on that um his actually one of my, my not one of my favorite match when people always ask me what is your favorite match of all time it is sting and rick rude for the u.s title where sting gets his leg clipped out by luger and he has to come back in the ambulance and he hobbles into the building Yes, and he wrestles rude because I, as a kid watched that and got so into it. And there's something about the drama, the intrigue, the, all the elements of story that go into it. And the match itself is so good. And the stuff that I didn't realize. And when I watch it now, like obviously rude is like brilliant on like being such a good heel and like, yeah little things on the cell, little things on the knee. And when it finally happens, like to be a kid and be like watching somebody who's like probably your ultimate, like in that promotion, your ultimate hero, like you were, I was ultimately so upset with Luger and rude. And I remember being so like, I wasn't crying that mad, but I was like, Oh, I just wanted to see them get like, I wanted sting to get revenge so bad. And I remember jumping up and down on like a Ottoman, when he was like trying to get back in the building when he took the ambulance back. I thought that was so cool. But that is my favorite match of all time, personally. And it involves Stick. That's so cool. I need to rewatch that back. Um, I think I had like a VHS that I just played to death of all oh, like, yeah. Sting's great. Like, I, I must have watched this thing like 80 times. Like, you just get home from school and you watch the same thing. You know, you have those streaks where you're just like watching the same thing every day. Like a Sting VHS is one of those for me. If it's the one I'm thinking of, it's up in my filming room right now. I have the same one. It had a really multicolored. Yes. Uh, yes. I watched the fuck out of that. Deep, that I have VHS. Sting. I think I have the Vader one, the Cactus one. And I think there's like a Savage one that came out. There's later. a Macho Man one. Yeah. yeah I have, that, I have that all those. Yeah. That's amazing. That's so cool. And you know, I feel like you know there's you're a Stinger fan if you've been him for Halloween because of his yep. look. I've been him for Halloween twice. One oh, is nice. a full-grown adult, one as a kid. 
but he just he's just got that look that you just want to portray that and be really cool um, yeah that's so great um i want your madden season what the fuck is going on there i just see you you tweeting out this random these random names and this random shit can you fill us in on that okay so like it's so funny because this is so madden 06 is the last madden stuff that i it's the last Madden game that i liked because i could take a franchise move them build them up from the ground up and had an understanding of it and like i always put my rules and regulations out but like my thing was is it was just i always tried to make dynasties i liked working a team from the ground up sure and i just like to have like against myself Uh, i get really mad at certain video games um okay same (laughs) i i've broken a lot of controllers um and now that PS2 is a little uh, harder to find, I got to make sure that I don't break any of those controllers. <laughs> That's what you're um, playing this on in PS2? Yeah, it's P- I, oh, I broke wow. out my PS2 and uh, I started, and, and this is something I used to do all the time. I build up a team, but eventually you get to a point where your team's really good and then you get annoyed. So like, yeah. or it just gets complacent. Right. So right. then I started trying to build up a new team. And then when I started doing the under 30, it was fun because then I loved having to deal with a rebuilding year. I always thought that was fun, but I feel like I play the game. Like it's a key and peel sketch, you know, like the East versus West and the weird names. Yes. And I don't want sketch. to do Twitch, not because I don't think, but it's just, I don't want to do Twitch because I don't think this is different enough. And I don't want to try and find out how to motion capture a PS2 and bring it through. So okay. like me live tweeting it, is fun and i get a kick out of when people like follow along and i have fans now that come up to me at wrestling shows and are like the most recent one that was great was somebody who was like uh i had two fans that one was uh, uh one came up to me and, go, and said you know i really hope that the red snappers make it to the super bowl for a third <laughs> straight year but i know if they do that you move on to a different team and i really enjoyed you building them up so that was funny Okay. And then I had one where I had a defensive tackle named Pancakes O'Neal. And due to salary cap, I had to unfortunately let him go. He was 29, so he would only last another year on my team. Right. Can't have anybody over 30. Okay. And somebody came up to me, bought an 8 by 10 and goes, you know, I'm really sorry you had to let Pancakes go, but I'm kind of rooting for him if he goes to a different team. And like, I just thought it was hilarious that like, certain people like would follow and go for it. So yeah. now that I'm in the trying to build up this new team, uh, it's funny. It's a, it's just the second season, but it's a slow process. So I enjoy it. Now it gives me a, a fun little interaction with people on something that I've always liked to do. So. Yeah, no, I just thought it was a unique string of, of tweets that came through the names. Of course, if people haven't seen those key and peel sketches, you need to go watch them immediately. They're so funny. So um, so good. Uh, and then the last, the last, uh, I have one fan question, but first I want to ask, um, I kind of worked the f- other fan questions into the, into the questions that I asked, but I have a specific one that I just don't know what that, what it means. It might be a different promotion, but first I want to ask about Snapchat. So I know that's a video series you've been doing for a while. Um, so just take me through the, what, why the, the, who, what, when, where, why, and the creative process and like, and, and what you've been able to do with that. So the funny thing was, is when I started it, the thought was, uh, again, I was looking at, you know, it's crazy to think back how long I've been doing it for, you know? Cause like, yeah. Um, so I'm originally, I, 
I graduated college with a, I originally went to college for TV production. And I graduated okay. with a film major and a minor in mass comm. And uh, I like video editing. I worked at a TV station when I was a kid. I really enjoyed video editing. It's a creative outlet for me. Sure. So when I started doing Snapchat, the honestly, my thought on it was way deeper than it conveyed. Because <laughs> like, um, I wanted it to be kind of a film noir style where it is the voice in your head or the like devil on your shoulder who is kind of the doubt that like every wrestler would deal with you know for example you're always like kind of in a battle with yourself the consultant always was supposed to fill that role okay that's how it started then as it went i kind of tried to insert a little bit more comedy into it. And then I realized that's my strong point. I realized that in order to do it, Snapchat, what I do, even no matter if I'm a dastardly heel or whatever, uh, comedy is the way to go. And about probably into the first 10 episodes, I also learned it was an interesting way to hype up upcoming shows. Yeah. Each weekend I was kind of like, what could I talk about? And then I would get an idea. And then it was always like a fun, creative challenge. Now, I'm on ep- coming up on Sunday will be episode 216. So I've been at 200 plus episodes. And they're, weak, on that. you know, so like with the exception of a couple, uh, I had to take a little break off because uh, I had a computer hardware failure, uh, a couple dates that I just switched, you know, just to, uh, there was a couple big events I just made sure to take time sure, off. Sure, on. sure. During the pandemic, it at least allowed me to have a creative outlet to still produce things, yeah, which was great. Um, so, with that said, I was—it's it, really been a consistent thing for me. And now the consultant has kind of been able to take on like a role for uh, themselves, and it, it it switched. Originally, it was supposed to be that was the more serious character, but now the consultant kind of is reminiscent of those promoters or those bosses that you have where you're like, how did you fall into this success? Like, (laughs) I don't know how a person like you would be successful, but somehow you managed to like make things work. You always land on your feet. That is what it became. And um, for me, I do really enjoy when people enjoy the product that I put out. Yeah, And it's been definitely a lot of fun to do. And so, for example, each week I can kind of be like, all right, what should I talk about or what do I have? And sometimes some of my better ideas have come where I'm like, gosh, I don't even know. What am I going to talk about this time? But Snapchat has been one of my more consistent and more fulfilling because I feel like I get to apply something that I really love to do if the, with the video editing. Yeah. And I get to make something unique. And you have the consistency. Like. Yeah. The, the channel has grown. It's got like, I feel like for a one man operation, it has like really good numbers. So I think a lot of that is consistency. Um, that's what we try to preach here at two in the face as well. We always try to like do something every week. Um, there is one question from Alex McCarthy that I didn't get the weave in. He said, I don't know who this person is, but you could probably answer it. St- what is your strategy for your match against crotch? Huh. I don't know who so, that is. 
So uh, back, this would have been a little bit before your time, but when I was in AAW, uh, Matt Cross, or sorry, Matt Crotch Mayday was a feud of mine that okay. I had. He was one of the AAW like students. And long time ago, we had a feud. And uh, I guess the funny thing is, is I have an honest, you know, it, I'm trying to think, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking ahead because I don't want to be like, you know, I haven't seen crotch in a long time. It sounds <laughs> different. You know, it comes across out of context weird. Um, but we used to have a feud back in probably 2010, maybe 2010, long time ago. And I'm going back to uh, SCW in the Quad Cities for yep. the first time in years. So I'm going to see a lot of people that I haven't seen for a while. And they just announced that the match will be me versus crotch. Okay. And uh, it'll be interesting because we're both two totally different wrestlers than the last time that we met. Yeah. And uh, before we were tag specialists and now we're mostly broken off into singles. But it'll be very interesting to see how much stays the same and how much changes up. So it's like a it's like an old feud, old rivalry renewed. Nice. Well, good luck with that. Um, that's all I have in terms of questions. Appreciate your presence. Appreciate all the stories and the insights that you've given. Um, is there anything else that you'd want to, I guess you have the floor. If there's anything else you'd want to say, uh, to, you know, where we can find you or just anything in general about upcoming matches. Oh yeah. So like a lot of times what I do is I do have a schedule that I post a lot on my fan page. That's the biggest thing. Um, but the one that I always try and tell people is if they are real, if they like what they generally see for a little bit more of getting to know me, um, I have a Patreon. And generally the pitch that I always pull for a lot of people is there's a lot, I have seven different tiers on it, but the $3 wow. and anything above you get exclusive video content. And I post something every single day. I always post something new every day on my Patreon, whether it's a video, whether it's like a gift giveaway or an opportunity, oh, wow. I always do it. So like, uh, I actually today, what I ended up posting, um, would be, the recap of the weekend where I do uh, it's called Corbin center. And it's in the sense of like the sports center highlight. I say, and I talk about the show and like how that went and everything. And it's not really like I pull back the curtain, but I do a lot of stuff with Q and A's with uh, some of my patrons are able to submit questions throughout the, the month. And then what I do is I answer those questions. And uh, now I'm getting to the stage where I, I have a great group. I have a great community there. And one of my favorite things that they do is they start to ask me non-wrestling related questions. And it's a blast. It's really fun. Nice. So uh, I always suggest my Patreon. Not so much um, what I try and always tell people is I'm not trying to hear to shill it. But if you want to know more about what I'm going to be doing, because I break news on all upcoming shows as well. But uh, I have a tier that's just $3. And that just gets you the exclusive content, but anything above that would also as well. So cool. that's my biggest pitch. And then of course I'm on Twitter and Instagram, just add Darren Corbin. And I just started the TikTok, but I don't know how far into that cesspool I'll get, but we'll find out. <laughs> that's great. Hey man, I, I just, I want to say, I appreciate you. I think this conversation is long overdue. Uh, I can't wait to see what you at freelance uh, upcoming. I mean, I, I, I think in doing some research, there were some names being thrown around. I feel like there's still so many people you haven't wrestled on that roster. So I just want to say, I, uh, and I speak for Chris as well at two heels in a face. And we appreciate you, everything you've done in the freelance ring. Um, 
outside of it, but particularly in it as well. And like, yeah, we're excited to, to just see you continue doing what you do, man. So I want to thank you for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. All right. I'm talking to you.